This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Our guest today is Crystal Davis with Airbnb. It's a company that allows regular people to list on the Internet places for people to sleep. They also list experiences and restaurants. This fall, Airbnb hosts earn more than $800,000 during Ole Miss and Mississippi State football seasons. We're taking your Airbnb questions and your personal finance questions this morning, so you can give us a call. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464, or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So good morning to you both. Hope that you're doing well. Good Good morning. morning. Uh, Survived the snow okay from last week? Yes, it was uh, quite a surprise, but uh, uh, we understand you were lounging on the beach somewhere while we were enduring the snow. uh, uh, Not quite exactly. I had to drive through the snow to get to the beach. Oh, wow. So uh, I was going to leave in the morning, and then it was just way too bad. I, I'm glad I didn't. And for, my friend said, yeah, I think you should wait. So I left about 11. And from here to Hattiesburg, it was clear. The roads were fine. There was snow everywhere, mm-hmm. but there was no snow at all on the road. Right around Hattiesburg, it did start to snow, and it probably snowed the most, from, but say, from Hattiesburg to maybe south of Loosedale. It yeah, was very bad. And stretch. I had not had a lot of experience in that kind of weather. And it was very, very nerve wracking because I was in this brand new car that I had just got. And so oh. every time, you know, I hit some slush or something, I got the white knuckles. So what did you get? Uh, I replaced it with a newer uh, Kia Soul. It's mm-hmm. a year newer, a little less mileage on it. And it was the color that I originally had wanted when I bought my first car. Uh, when I was doing that, the salesman was all about, oh, I think you should get the green car. It's only $15 a month more on your note. And my friend who was my advisor, we stepped out of the showroom, and he says to me, you realize how much $15 is over the course of 60 months, don't you? And you're like, but I want the green car. Well, but I did say, you know, that brown car is not looking too bad over there. So uh, the fact that I was able to get the green car on the on the uh, redo, uh, it was worked out well, and my, my current line is, I would not recommend this as a way to replace your car, but at least in my case, it seems to have worked out fairly Good. well. So. And, and Good. And your patience paid off in getting the color you wanted. Exactly. So what, I now what have a great my, moral to the story. My alien green uh, <laughs> Kia Soul is out there in the parking lot. So, And I, the other thing, someone also told me that's a car that's a little harder to miss from another driver who might be plowing through a stop sign. There so you go. hopefully the green will prevent that. Or a police officer looking to pull someone over so, for driving a hot car. So... Um, <laughs> Shopping, Christmas shopping done? Um, uh, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Uh, I'm not doing a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, listen to him. But, um, uh, you know, we're watching retail sales, and mm-hmm. they look pretty good. We we won't know what the numbers are until everything gets wrapped up. But we oh, have been pun. projecting. Right. Yes. We've been on a roll lately. I, I don't know. It just comes off my tongue like Season's that. I don't even realize that. Uh, but we've been thinking 35 to 4%. We might do better than that. Um, it's looking pretty positive. Consumers are feeling confident. So we'll see. I uh, I bought – my mother sent me a check for Christmas, so I went out and bought a pair of shoes. 
Or I of ordered course, shoes. Of course. But they're yeah, tennis yeah. shoes, so they're a specialty shoes. Are you so. going to wrap them and put them under your tree for yourself, or are you just going to go and dive into it? Well, I think I'm going to wrap them, although uh, I've got to make sure I save the receipt because I, you know, I like ordering shoes over the Internet, but it's, you, know, you better save the receipt because mm-hmm. if they don't fit, you need to send them back. So, uh, But a friend of mine also wrapped up. I bought myself a couple of other things because as a single person, that's my right at Christmas time. Sure, uh, yeah. And so he wrapped those up for me, so I'll have something to unwrap. And I always act surprised, like, oh, look. What could this be? That's, mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Well, just speaking of anecdotal uh, evidence of, of of the amount of shopping going on, especially online shopping, yesterday I came home. There was a package from uh, probably Amazon on my front porch. And so I brought it into the house. I was probably around, you know, five or six. And then um, I went out to dinner. When I came back, maybe around 9 o'clock, there, I don't think there was anything on my front porch. But when I got up this morning... There was a package on my front porch. Yeah, those guys are. Pulling I mean, they in were working late, late. and that was yeah. and that was USPS as well. So that yes. was just the regular yes. postal service. Uh, two shifts, two shifts dust to my house, and one of them was late. So they're wor- they're working it. They're getting those uh, gifts out. Yeah, and I'll challenge anybody when you hear the knock to get to the door before the guy is halfway down the driveway. I know you just hear the <laughs> screeching tires. Yeah, they're they're ready to go. Okay, so other than the retail, any other kind of financial news in the news? Well, of course, we're waiting for this tax bill and hearing Mm. some uh, details coming out, but it's still a little fuzzy right now. Mm -hmm. And we're even hearing that once it gets passed, they're going to go back and do some adjustments and fixes. So we're just kind of waiting to see um, how we play this when all is said and done. Yeah, and um, last week, uh, I forget if we mentioned it, you know, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates. Um, They've kind of, when they started raising interest rates a little while back, they were kind of lagging the market a lot. I think, um, you know, the short-term LIBOR had already risen quite a lot before the Federal Reserve raised rates. Um, But now they're kind of matching the market. Um, You might get some better interest rate on your savings, but more likely... Uh, if you have a variable interest loan, variable interest it's credit card debt, that's going to go up. Of course, you know it's not exactly connected. That's a market rate, but they are a little more hand-in-hand hand now. And what about mortgage rates? Are we seeing them bump up? Um, I, no, nothing is dramatic um, that, that I noticed. Just slightly, right? Yes. All right, so this is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're looking for any personal finance questions you have this morning. Also, we're going to be visiting with Crystal Davis from Airbnb. So if you have some experience with Airbnb, maybe you're interested about what it is and how it works, uh, give us a call this morning. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to uh, money at mpbonline.org. So let's welcome into the program uh, Crystal Davis from Airbnb. Crystal, uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, Give us a little history of Airbnb, if you would. Well, Airbnb was founded in 2008, um, originally in San Francisco, where we're headquartered. Um, And today, it's the leading community-driven hospitality um, site and platform in the world. Um, On any given night, we have about 2 million people staying in homes on Airbnb's platform in about 65,000 cities around the world. And we currently have more than 4 million listings in 191 countries. So I guess it's uh, offer services for both people looking for a place to stay, but also people willing to uh, give up their place to stay to others. So let's start with uh, someone looking for a place to stay. What kind of services does Airbnb offer there? So if 
you are a single person, a couple, or a large family, Airbnb offers you a host of different um, options for accommodations wherever you travel. So if you just need a private room with just a bathroom or you need an entire home, but you're looking to do it and and rent it in a way that's more affordable and more flexible and more convenient for you and your party, um, Airbnb is the place for you to find that type of accommodation. And then for folks that looking for maybe to earn some extra income and uh, willing to offer up uh, their abode uh, to uh, to travelers, what services do you offer on that end? So for a host, um, our hosts on our platform, they use Airbnb to share their homes, to share extra rooms in their home, and also to host experiences and trips for people who travel. And that gives our hosts Um, an opportunity to earn a little extra income. Um, The majority of our hosts are just using Airbnb to help pay their mortgage, to help pay their monthly bills, to pay for childcare, for education, for a host of of, of different reasons. Um, Even some of our hosts are using their Airbnb income to start their own businesses on the side. Uh, so if I want to offer up uh, my house, or can I just uh, give someone the couch in the living room, or are there some minimum uh, requirements? <laughs> yeah, it, it would be nice if it was just that easy. But, um, no, the, the reason why people are using Airbnb time and time again and the reason why we've become so successful since 2008 is because people trust our platform. Even if you are a host or a guest, we have a screening process where we run our hosts and our guests through regulatory, terrorist, and sanction watch list. And then even for our hosts and our guests in the United States, we conduct background checks. So we make sure that our community is full of hosts and guests that are trusted, that are approved by us, um, and to give people an overall welcoming experience. So how does Airbnb make money? So for every listing or booking that occurs in our site, we take only 3% um, of that booking. So say, for instance, if you were to rent a room in your home for $100, we would only take 3% and you would keep the 97%. So we would take $3 and you would keep $97. What about um, people who are renting places and they're going to put it on their credit card? Because we know there are credit card fees as well. I don't believe there are any additional fees for that. The only fee that I'm aware of is just the 3% processing fee that we currently take. Okay. All right. Uh, We are going to take a quick break today on Money Talks. We're looking for your personal finance questions, as we do each Tuesday. But we're also talking with Crystal Davis with Airbnb. So we're going to learn more about Airbnb and how it works. If you have a question or if you have an experience with Airbnb that you'd be willing to share with us, give us a call because the phone lines are open at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Email the show Money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 
Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're visiting today with Crystal Davis from Airbnb. So if you have a question or comment about Airbnb or if you have a personal finance question for us, the phone lines are open at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Uh, so, Crystal, we had someone called in uh, in the Jackson area. There are a number of the th- kind of three uh, counties that make up the metro area. And someone uh, called in and said in the county that they, he lives in uh, that Airbnb is not allowed. Is that uh, the case in some areas? Do, do local uh, municipalities have an option of, of uh, per, per, uh, not permitting this type of uh, service? Yeah, it, it really depends on the city, county, or state um, in which you reside and live. Um, we've been working pretty aggressively, not only in the U.S., but across the world, to get short-term rentals, specifically our platform, um, up to par with the with the regulatory standards and laws and regulations that are currently on the books, and working with local officials to find a way to update those laws that are currently on the books around rentals and and zoning rules to make sure that our, our host community is, is able to continue sharing their homes and making money in a way that's in accordance with, with what the, um, the city, state, or county would allow. All right, very good. Got a caller on the line. Let's invite uh, Paul in from Madison. Good morning, Paul. You're on the air. Hi, good morning. Can you hear me all right? Good yeah, morning. go ahead. Oh, awesome. Uh, well, first, I just want to comment on, on Airbnb, just as, as, a, as a, just make a general statement. I love Airbnb. I travel extensively both in the U.S. and internationally, and I've used Airbnb, uh, Airbnb uh, in, in, in both ways. And um, I have to say I've, I've always had a very fabulous experience, so I appreciate, the, uh, I appreciate the service that it provides and the experience to meet new people. Um, with that said, my concern um, maybe is tangential to what you all were just talking about uh, in terms of regulatory hurdles that you have to overcome at the local level. Um, I'm most familiar with the Portland, Maine marketplace, which is, which is my uh, home state and, and, and city. And what's happened, and I'm sure Ms. Davis is, is going to be aware of this, because Airbnb provides a, a way to make money, and in many cases um, a lot uh, more hassle-free money, Rental units that would normally be available for people to uh, rent month to month or year to year in a particular municipality get removed from the marketplace. Uh, what happens is, is that now those units aren't available, especially people in, in, in the service industry, the people that are workers for larger businesses in these metropolitan areas can no longer afford to live there, or the units just simply aren't available. And so my question is, has Airbnb ever considered taking a census of available rental housing at various price point levels within a municipality and decided to limit the amount of participation just so that they can ensure that a balance is met? And I will take my answer um, off air. Thank you. All right, Paul, thanks for the call. Uh, Crystal, any, any reaction to that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and we find, depending on the city, county, and again, the state in which you reside, the housing market can look very different or very similar. Um, so in the conversations that we do have with lawmakers in terms of the regulations and rules that we think would work best for them and for our hosts in that particular area, 
we look at what our presence and our impact on the housing market might be. Um, we find by and large that the majority of our hosts are sharing and, and renting out their primary home, which means that they're already using uh, a property and, and a house that is being occupied by them the majority of the year. Um, but there are some places where we find that if there is a, there is a major concern or there is proof that Airbnb or short-term rentals across the board. Um, another thing that people need to be aware of is that there is another market of vacation rentals and corporate housing um, that's been been present in outside of Airbnb for years, if not decades. So if, if we do find, like, based on the data on our presence in a market, on how often our listings are being shared, um, and other factors that we will work with law officials um, to make sure that, you know, we have regulations in the book that would make short-term rentals available um, on the platform in a way that works best for the city and doesn't impact um, the market as it currently stands. All right, very good. We're visiting today on Money Talks with Crystal Davis of Airbnb. If you have an Airbnb-related question, give us a call. Also, we're looking for any personal finance questions you have, as we do each Tuesday morning. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Karen is on the line from Starkville and up next. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I have actually already booked a trip internationally um, to London for next May. Um, already have the plane tickets and everything and already booked an Airbnb. Um, I just heard over the weekend that it will actually be during the time of the royal wedding. Oh, um, so Lucky I was wondering you. if there was... Yeah, I was wondering... I'm kind of excited about that, but I was also wondering if there was any way that I could kind of hedge my bets to make sure that I do have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about the host maybe canceling on us last minute. Is there a blanket policy for Airbnb and cancellations, or is there anything that I can do to make sure that I have a place to stay while we're there? And I'll take my question off the air. Thank All right. You. Good question, Karen. Uh, Crystal, go ahead. Question. So I'm secretly jealous that she'll be there during the <laughs> wedding. I, I wish I could tag along on her trip and, and join her for it. Um, but in regards to her question, that's a really good question. Um, the Most of the time that people do use our platform is, is around major events. So like in Washington, D.C., we, we saw there was a huge influx of people using our platform for the presidential inauguration. Um, and then in Mississippi, there's always a huge influx of people using the platform around the college football season. Um, now, in terms of verifying with her host whether or not um, her listing will be um, available to her and still booked in, in the way that she originally agreed to, she it's best for her to contact her host um, directly on the platform and message them to, like, re-verify whether or not her listing is still good. Um, in terms of, like, a cancellation, Every host has a different tier or level of cancellation um, that they adhere to. Um, so I think there is a strict, moderate, and, like, very flexible level of cancellation, which allows people to cancel their listing up to, like, five days before they arrive or 24 hours before they arrive, or it has to be as far ahead as a month before they arrive. So it's best that she contact her host and then also look at her listing and her booking 
to see exactly what the cancellation policy is for that particular that particular reservation. So, Crystal, could her host suddenly realize that this is really great timing and say, "Okay, um, uh, I'm changing my price." That is always a possibility, um, but we actually do have measures in place. So, if a host were to cancel her particular reservation for that time period, they wouldn't be allowed to rebook. So you, oh, okay. So you can't push someone off in, in hopes to try to get more money because you realized it was the, the royal wedding. No, no. Once a person um, cancels, a, uh, if the hostess cancels it, there's no way for them to rebook for those particular days. Those particular days would just be blocked off. That's good to know because, I mean, that would be you know weird because you don't really have – as an Airbnb guest, you don't necessarily have the recourse you might have if, you know, you were wrongfully canceled at a hotel or something. Exactly, yeah. But it's good to mm-hmm. know that the host kind of has a motivation to not cancel because they just won't be making that money. Unless they have some private arrangement. Ooh. Yeah. And taking that one one further, what if the person doesn't cancel the reservation but says to the person who's booked, hey, it's not, I don't know, just $10 a day, it's $20 a day. Are they allowed to increase a price or once the price is agreed upon, is that set? I, I've heard of cases like that happening. I mean, it's very rare. Um, if something like that were to occur, like say for instance, um, and this is probably, this probably happens more regularly than this particular case. If someone needs to add an additional guest or two or three or four to their particular booking because, hey, they're coming in town for a wedding or a graduation and they have extra people being added to their reservation or their booking. They can let the, let the host know, and the host would typically have an additional fee tagged to the fact that they have more guests coming. They can work it out with the host so that they still conduct all of that communication and all of those additional payments directly on the platform. So nine times out of ten, you would have a host that says on their listing um, that for each additional guest, there's like a 20 or $25 fee. So you would let that host know, and then that host would add that additional fee to your reservation, and then you would just do the additional payment via the platform. We're talking today on Money Talks with Crystal Davis with Airbnb. We've got some open phone lines. If you need a question answered about Airbnb or would like to share an Airbnb experience, you can give us a call. Also, we always look for your personal finance questions. The number to call is one eight seven seven. MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can always email the show money at mpbonline.org. Crystal, is there any sort of mediation if if uh, if a host and guest come to some sort of disagreement and they can't seem to work it out? Does Airbnb offer some sort of uh, mediation or arbitration type of platform? Yes, if there's ever any type of disagreement or dispute between our hosts and our guests, we encourage them all to reach out to us directly. Um, we have a help center and a, a customer care and customer experience um, operation that our hosts and our guests can utilize where we would investigate every case thoroughly um, and based on the information and the facts and, and other details that we receive from our hosts and our guests, we can help them mediate and resolve an issue. And so uh, you mentioned the, the the platform a couple of times. So I imagine it's kind of uh, once the once A meets B, uh, guest meets uh, host. Is it sort of they negotiate on their own? Tell us how the process works. If uh, when someone maybe goes on Airbnb, finds a place that they uh, want to rent, where where does it go from there? 
Michelle, anytime a person goes on our platform and they find the listing that they just fall in love with and they want to book immediately, we ask that they reach out to the host, send them a message, introduce themselves, let them know, like, hey, I'm visiting from such and such place, I'm coming into town for this particular event or this reason. Um, and then the host would message them back. They would probably build up a rapport, and then the listing and the reservation is booked for the time that the guest requested if it is available. Um, and then the communication and the, and the relationship between the, and the host and the guest continues from there. Um, from the time leading up from when the booking is confirmed to when the guest arrives at the particular listing, the host and the guest can communicate via the, via the website or the mobile app that way. Um, what time they're going to arrive, what time they're going to check in, what should they expect when they get to the listing, um, is there a person that's going to meet them, is there a key or a punch code, basically all the information that the host and guest would need um, from each other or to each other would be used via our site. And we find that that's the best way for our, our host and our guest community to keep a record of everything that's transpired during that particular trip. Very good. Uh, let's take another quick break. When we get back, we'll continue our discussion visiting today with Crystal Davis from Airbnb. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We've got some open phone lines for your personal finance questions and questions about Airbnb. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more of the show after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives. And Ryder Taff is Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're visiting today with Crystal Davis from Airbnb. We've been learning more about how Airbnb works. If you have a question about that, you can give us a call. Also, any personal finance questions on your mind this morning, uh, feel free to call in. We'll see if we can't give you some assistance. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. Seven four six four. We've got another caller on the line, and it's Jill in Cordova, Tennessee. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. Go ahead. I was wondering if they have a lot of complaints on cleanliness or condition of a facility. Mm. Do they ever send anyone out to inspect them physically to see what the conditions are? A good question, Jill. Thanks for calling in. Uh, Crystal, what about that? Are there any uh, home inspections? I guess this could be both uh, for the host and the guest, depending on sort of which end of the visit you're at. Yeah, so on our platform, we have a mechanism for all of our hosts and our guests to be reviewed. So before you actually book a listing, 
or before you actually confirm a guest, you can read their reviews and see exactly, you know, <laughs> what information you need to know in terms of their behavior, their cleanliness, and, and how they maintain their listing. Um, and we do have mechanism in place that if a host or a listing continuously gets negative reviews um, and ratings based on just the overall like performance and and how the listing um, is, is is kept up and, and maintained for our for our guest community. Um, those listings and, and those hosts are, are kind of suspended from our platform. Um, so we kind of let the market work work itself out. Um, if you are a bad host and, and don't have a clean listing, you'll you'll consistently get bad ratings and reviews, and you'll be removed and, and, and investigated um, via our platform. All right, and then uh, what is there uh, some sort of like security deposit? Is there some uh, protection for the hosts uh, that the guest does not, you know, break a lamp, spill something on the carpet, that kind of thing? S- steal a couch. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. So for our hosts, we actually have two um, policies for them to take advantage of. We have a $1 million host guarantee um, that replaces um, any damages that they have um, based on a, um, a guest booking up to a million dollars. And then we also have a $1 million insurance policy as well that would cover um, anything um, that would be in addition to that $1 million, $1 million guarantee policy. Would that be like something like, um, I don't know, a, a guest falls in the bathtub and then they sue you because maybe there was something that caused their fall? Yeah, it could be under that preview um, purview. Uh, it would all depend on what we were able to determine based on the investigation and the information that we received. But yes, if it was something that involved like the host, the guest, the listing, yes, that was that would be something that would be considered under our policy. So, I mean, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about because you know often this is what we have homeowners insurance for right, is that yeah. sort of liability. So, and but I guess some homeowners policies might not protect against those short-term rentals so much so uh, kind of two questions there what is is what is the cost to the to the host uh to have those policies in force and um and and do those kind of uh supersede or replace um what what protections you might have in your homeowner's policy uh, there's no cost to the host. Um, those policies are are applicable and available to them if they are hosted on our platform. Um, there's nothing additional that they need to um, pay in order to make sure that they are available to them. Um, and your, your second question was, um, so does, does it does this supersede or replace the function? I guess of a lot of um, clauses in your homeowner's policy. Uh, it, it really depends. I mean, this these two options are available to you if you're a host on our platform, regardless of what type of additional insurance you may have. Okay. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, visiting today with Crystal Davis from Airbnb. We've got some open phone lines. If you have an Airbnb-related question, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464. Also looking for any personal finance questions uh, not related to Airbnb that you might have for us today as well. Sandra is on the road and has called in today. Good morning, Sandra. Go ahead. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. What's your question? I have a rental through Airbnb, and I was wondering, what does Airbnb charge the guests as a fee for using Airbnb um, to book a room at a location, and how is that determined? 
Crystal? Oh, so it depends on the jurisdiction in which um, the, the host is booking. So there are a lot of jurisdictions, including the state of Mississippi, where we collect and remit taxes to the state for any booking and reservation that occurs on our platform. So for the guests, um, there is the processing fees that they would have for the host in terms of like cleaning, et cetera. And then on top of that, there's taxes that the guests would be charged depending on the jurisdiction for where they're booking um, their reservation or their listing. Okay. So you guys don't specifically charge a fee for Airbnb to collect from them. It goes towards taxes for the state. For the jurisdiction? Yes, it does. Okay, thank you. All right, Sandra, thanks for that call. Uh, We're talking with Crystal Davis from Airbnb on Money Talks this morning. Uh, Crystal, earlier you had mentioned sort of the the vetting process. Uh, Do do both guests and hosts uh, maybe have to fill out a profile uh, that then is on on the platform? Yes, we ask that our guests and our hosts um, verify their profile. Um, A lot of our hosts and our guests use their Facebook profile as a way for additional verification. Um, In addition to that, um, we ask that they provide a government issue ID. Um, And so uh, there are options in place for our hosts um, if they are looking to book someone where they can actually request that government issue ID from the guest before they confirm the booking. Um, And that's just an additional level of verification um, that the host um, would require for that particular booking. So, yeah, there are additional mechanisms in place that we have to to verify and re-verify our our host and our guest community. Do do you all verify the the age of of people booking? Yes, and that's where the government issue ID comes in place. And so I would imagine uh, 18 is the minimum age? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, So uh, on the site, are there some things uh, to help guests choose uh, what their best uh, Airbnb option might be? Uh, Yeah, there are a ton of different filters on on our website to help people pick and choose the accommodations that work best for their for them and, and for their particular trip. So if you want to book in a, a private room, a shared room, or an entire room, if you want wireless internet, if you want somewhere that's pet friendly in case you want to bring your dog or your cat or your your rabbit or whatever, you can pick a listing that works best for that, for that as well. Um, if you want somewhere that has laundry facilities in case you're going to be staying for like a week or two and you want to be able to wash and reuse the clothes that you already that you already brought with you instead of buying new attire, that's another filter that you can choose on our website. Um, so there are a host of, of different options and, and, and ways that people can pick and, and select the listing that works best for them and for their particular trip. And I think you mentioned at the top of the show, this is not just in the United States. It's uh, in all parts of the world. Give us an idea of, of sort of the worldwide reach of Airbnb. So pick a country. We're probably available in it. China, Australia, South Africa, um, Paris, London, like one of your, one of your callers mentioned earlier. Um, we're in 191 countries, and I think we are continuing to, to grow and, and to show the strength of our host community. Um, people continuously turn to Airbnb because they just they trust us, they love the experience, and they love connecting with different people in a way that's, you know, more authentic than um, they would get during, like, just staying in a hotel or staying um, in another type of accommodation, which, you know, isn't, isn't as kind or, or, or authentic as, as they would have hoped. 
Uh, tell us uh, some of your more popular spots where you get high rentals. Um, I'm trying to think now. I know we typically release information on like our most popular listings um, across the country and in the United States. And I think for the last year or two, there's been a listing in Atlanta, Georgia, that's been the most like wish listed or most popular listing on our platform. Um, and that listing is actually a treehouse. Oh, <laughs> fun. Yeah. So in, in addition to this, like the typical home or room, people can find a host of, of different op- options on our, on our platform. So treehouses, boathouses, castles, abbeys, um, wow. whatever your heart's desire, <laughs> you, you could probably find it in our site and, and book it and stay there and have an amazing experience. Good. So could I just like stick a tent in my backyard and like rent that out? Like where people will be like, well, that was such a cool, authentic experience of Jackson, Mississippi. I slept on the ground. Uh, well, only if you deliver a gourmet breakfast the next morning. <laughs> uh, please take off your shoes. You have to walk around barefoot. Yeah, I would recommend that you don't do that. I don't I don't think you're getting a lot of good reviews or ratings. Um, but if you, if you were to try, good luck. But I, I, I doubt that you would you would make it through our marketplace. <laughs> Um, why are there restaurant listings on the Airbnb site? So that is a new feature that we actually introduced earlier this year. Um, we find a lot of times when our, our guests are, are staying with our hosts, no matter where they are in the world, that our hosts give them their all, own recommendations of restaurants in the neighborhood that they just love, and they feel that our guests have to, have to, have to visit um, no matter what. Um but then even when those guests, uh, you know, find those amazing restaurants, they need to make a reservation like right on the spot um, versus like trying to call or, you know, they're running from this activity to that activity or that visit or whatever. Um, so we just found it was it was a good way for our guests to not only visit the restaurants that their hosts are recommending, but easily book that like within a millisecond so they can have their reservations set and ready for when um, they're actually able to visit um, visit that place. Um, so I'm just kind of curious, that got me thinking, um, what percentage of, is, is it more likely people are booking for business or pleasure uh, f- on Airbnb or do you, do you, do you really t- keep track of that? Um, I'm not sure if we're keeping like a close track of it. Um, I know on our site, when you do book a reservation, um, we ask whether or not um, this is for a business travel or just for typical travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that's something that we are collecting information on, but I don't think that's something that we've released. Um, and But I can say for certain that all of the Airbnb employees, we use the platform when we travel. Um, I actually can't remember the last time I stayed in the hotel. <laughs> um but it is something that um, we are looking into. Um, and I know in other parts of the country, um, when I've spoken to people, we've heard um, that there are companies that are using Airbnb more and more. So it's mm-hmm. something that's growing, um, but it's not something that we actually have, like, hard data on at, at the moment. Crystal, don't you miss the little soaps, though? <laughs> uh, not too much. Sometimes I, I or that strip I across with, the toilet. <laughs> when I when I stay with hosts, um, they they add their own little touches. So there have been times when I've stayed with people and they have like a little toiletry basket waiting for for me when I arrive. Um, and sometimes I ask them like, you know, can I take this since I already use like half of the bottle? They're like, yeah, sure, we got plenty. Um, so we find that our hosts are are, are becoming very hospitable um, and tailoring their listings in a way that they feel their guests would be used to a little bit. 
Um, so, yeah, those, hope, those soaps and those lotion bottles are, are probably going to be available in the next listing that you stay in. But that's very wise by the host because, again, the more amenities they can provide, the better rates of reviews they'll get. And then they, that, that kind of, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy there. They you know, get better uh, bookings, I guess. So, so Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Our hosts are, are very savvy that way. And a lot of them have learned little tips and tricks in terms of making their guests, guests have um, great experience compared to their, their competitors that might be right down the street. So speaking of amenities like that, uh, obviously a traditional bed and breakfast is going to be full service, cooking meals for you and everything. But what sort of things, um, what are some interesting things people are doing to, to you know, make get their good reviews, make their guests happy? And, and what are some sort of things that y'all might recommend or y'all, or y'all have noticed that tend, you know, lead to super hosts? Well, it really depends on the host um, and where the listing um, is located. Um, we found that there are some hosts who are actually willing to, to pick up and drop off their guests at the airport or even mm. give them a ride to, like, a store around the corner. So it, it really depends on what the host and what the guest is, is most comfortable with. Um, and you can just tailor it to, to how hospitable you want to be or what you think um, your guests would most need to make their, their visit more welcoming, um, more flexible, and, and more easy in a way that, you know, they'll book and return to your listing again. We need to take one final break this hour. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, and we're visiting today with Crystal Davis from Airbnb. If you have a question about Airbnb or a personal finance question, still time to work it in at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 We'll be back to wrap up the show after this. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Farrell. This is Bunny Talks on MPB Think Radio. I'm here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're visiting today with Crystal Davis with Airbnb. Crystal, uh, do you know how the name, uh, how they came up with the name of Airbnb? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I know our host, um, when the company was originally founded, it was actually called Air Bed and Breakfast. Um, and they decided to shorten it to Airbnb just because it was just easier to say. Because uh, they had an airbed. They had an airbed in their apartment, the two guys, and, and they had their friends stay on it. 
Yeah, it was um, actually, it was during a, a tech crazy. conference that was occurring in San Francisco back in like 2007, 2008. And um, they found that, you know, they were actually struggling. They weren't able to pay their rent during that time. Um, and they saw that this tech conference was coming to San Francisco and that hotel rooms were just sold out across the city. Um, so they just kind of just like took a shot in the dark and just posted information. They created this website um, and then they just told people like, hey, if you want to stay with us, we'll have these these airbeds just ready for you. Um, and they actually got three people to stay with them that first weekend um, that Airbnb was wow. founded, and it kind of just spun off from there. So um, there have been, you know, ways to kind of do this, and obviously Airbnb offers a very a great user experience, but, you know, people have posted their houses and rooms on Craigslist, and, I mean, I – I traveled with my family in the late 90s, and we stayed in other people's homes. I don't – my mom did all the research. The Internet was a new and wonderful thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there's, you know, there's a couple other large sites that do that, um, like HomeAway, I guess, y'all's competitor. What – how is Airbnb better? What sort of services do y'all offer? I mean, besides just a great interface, y'all have a cool app and beautiful pictures. <laughs> Um, well, we find that people use us more and more because of our host community. Um, and in addition to the to the platform that we have, the website, the beautiful beautifully designed website, as you mentioned, um, we have host clubs around the country. So our hosts are not only in communication with us; they're in communication uh, regularly with each other. Hmm. So they learn from each other. They actually have their own little networks within the cities and the communities in which they reside, and they actually learn from each other, trade tips, trade tricks. Um, and they actually provide support to each other as well. So I think that makes our community stronger, um, which makes our hosts a better host. And I think our guests are just seeing that every time they stay with them. Awesome. Uh, tell us about the experiences part of Airbnb. So, yeah, that's a new feature that we added at the end of last year. And I think to date we have a little over 3,000 experiences around the country. Um, they're not available in every market as of yet, but they're continuously growing. Um so if you are someone who's visiting Thailand, which I'm actually going to be going to in a, in a few days for, for the holidays, um, I'm actually booked an experience to do cooking, to take a boxing and kickboxing class. <laughs> all um, right. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and all of those experiences are hosted by our host community. So versus like a traditional travel company, um, you would have hosts who are already – listing on our platform their homes in addition to their friends hosting those experiences. So you get like a more authentic authentic way of seeing and experiencing the city from someone who's actually lived there for generations, who actually knows like all the little secrets and intricacies. Um, and it's just a way for our people to get closer closer to our host and our, and our community overall. So um, is uh, is it mostly hosts that are there when the guests are there as well, or is it the, the guest is using the host's abode when they're not there, or is it uh, some of both? It, it varies. It varies. Um, it all depends on how our hosts want to use the platform. Um, like I know, for instance, in Washington, D.C., where I currently live, we found that there are some families who only rent their home during the summers. So only June, July, and August is when they make their home available on their platform, and they use that money to actually pay for their child's school tuition for the next year. 
So it really just depends on how you want to use the platform, how often you want to make your home available. So in a case like that, the, the family is not home, but they probably co-host with their neighbors. So their neighbors would be able to facilitate the guest experiences while that family is away traveling for the summer. Um, or the host could live in a unit above where that person is, is renting from. It, it really just depends on the listing that you're offering and, and how flexible you want to make it for your family and yourself and your, and your guests. All right. So um, I assume it's possibly Airbnb.com on the web? Yes, it is. It's just as simple as that, A-I-R-B-N-B.com. All right. And so, again, if someone were interested, uh, the the first thing that they would need to do would be to go there and then uh, begin working on, on their profile? Yes, they would start working on their profile. They'll go through our verification process, and as soon as they are confirmed by us, um, they can start renting out their home and start making a little extra money to to support themselves. And how long does the verification process usually take? It, it depends on the type of listing that the person is offering and where they're located. Um, and, and how our, how soon our, our help center and our customer experience people can, can get to to um, the information that they posted. All right. Uh, so, um, Crystal, we've got one minute left. Is there anything that you'd like to add uh, kind of to wrap things up? Oh, I'm so glad that you had me on today to talk a little bit about Airbnb. Um, we're very happy about the presence that we have in the state of Mississippi um, we know residents who use Airbnb in Mississippi earned $3.5 million last year sharing their homes. Um, and so we look forward to them doing the same in 2018. And we're so happy that people continue to use our platform. All right. Very good. Uh, Crystal Davis from Airbnb. Crystal, thanks for being our guest on Money Talks this morning. Uh, thank you for having me. And a quick reminder, if there's something that you uh, know about personal finance related that you think that we could talk about on Money Talks, we'd certainly love to hear from you. You could always leave us a call during the show, or if you'd like, uh, you could send an email. Again, it's money at mpbonline.org. We'd always like to hear your suggestions uh, for future topics on the program. And that's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash talks. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Ryder Taft, and our guest Crystal Davis from Airbnb, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's In Legal Terms. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio.